Is me you're looking for? Run away, train, never coming back. Yeah. 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 Living single. What? What's that? I got my girls. You don't. You remember living single? Don't act like you don't. I remember the T-shirt. Queen Latifah. She was on living. Yeah, she was on living single. Nah, fuck you, him. What is that? What does that have to do with insulting Queen? What does that have to do with the 1993 hit by Soul Asylum? Run away, train, never come back, yo. I don't know. I had it in my head. This, I'm Kyle Kizovich, king of movies, VHS cult, make a hoe shake. I'm Sean O'Shaughnessy, Seanan in the Seanan times. Run away, train. You know, um, so doing research for this film, that song came up recommended a lot by YouTube and Google. And shit. <laughs> no shit. And uh, I was like, you know... The fucking mainstream 90s sucks. Like, this is two years away before, like, Bone Thugs breakthrough single Crossroads. So I was like, man, 1993, what were the kids doing? Must have been terrible. But then I was like, wait, wait a second. I bet there's some cool shit that came out in 1993. So I did my research, and I'd now like to list some albums that came out in 1993 that are much better than Soul Asylum's Runaway Train. <laughs> First off, no one remembers Runaway Train. The only reason that you remember it now is because you've had to, to see it so many times for this movie. Uh, also, there's an episode where it's uh, it's a somewhat substantial plot element of a It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episodes. <laughs> oh, man, I don't remember that one at all. It's the one where they go on a road trip. Hmm. It's, a, it's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good one. But anyways... Um, it's not as good as 30 Rock. <laughs> uh, here's, here's, this is uh, the podcast where we uh, uh, basically condescendingly rank uh, 90s and aughts era sitcoms. This is a podcast where I do the hell I want, because now we're going to talk about albums that came out in 1993 that are better than Soul Asylum. You ready? No. This we'll is big hits, big hits on here. PJ Harvey, Rid of Me. Slow Dive, Suvlaki, which is, that's considered the the ultimate shoegaze album of all time. So that's a pretty big one right there. Uh, we got Typo Negative, Bloody Kisses, Fugazi, In on the Kill Taker, <laughs> Kate Bush, The Red Shoes, the uh, debut album by Bjork. Bjork? We got, oh, uh, I'm from Iceland. Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, also their debut. I don't, um, I'm not familiar with them. Uh, we got Republic by New Order. Uh, Tupac, Strictly for My Neighbors, Uncle Tupelo, Anodyne, Doggy Style came out in 1993. What? So, Doggy Style came out in 93? That's right. Chronic came out in December 1992. A few months later, Doggy Style. Fucking big year for, um, <laughs> well, it wasn't Death Row yet, but big year Fuck. for guys who were about to be on Death Row. I'm old. <laughs> yeah. Um, Buju Banton, Voices Jamaica. Hell yeah. Of course, Rancid self-titled debut, hell yeah. Shonen Knife, The Bruisers, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, fuck Soul Asylum. What was going on with MTV in 1993? <laughs> <laughs> you can just uh, uh, drop what was going on, everything after what was going on with MTV. Disregard 1993. Just <laughs> yeah, disregard that. We're good. To the history of MTV. Yeah, because uh, they, um, I mean, uh, Gin and Juice was a big hit. I don't remember if they pl- played that on MTV, though. 
because I, I this is the time period where MTV is like, well, I don't know if we play black people music, right? You mean from like nineteen since since existence until yeah, like nineteen ninety eight until nineteen ninety five or so? Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be ninety five because I remember they were showing Crossroads but Bone Thugs all the time. Crossroads, MTV. Crossroads. Hey, you no. remember Soul for Real? Candy coated raindrops. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Do you ever dream of candy coated They had that. It, remember, it was um, like three older dudes and then the little guy who did most of the scene. It was a real like uh, Jackson 5 sort of situation almost. Uh, strangely enough, uh, a couple weeks ago around Christmas time, YouTube recommended me um, a reunion video of Soul for Real. What the fuck? Singing that song. And fucking, they also look good as fuck. Those are some handsome dudes. They're all dressed all nice and shit. Yeah, they're no boys to men. Uh, I listened to the boys to men Christmas um, album this year, too. It's a bop. Yeah, so um, Soul Asylum, huh? Hey, don't you know I'm I'm, I'm, I'm on the train here? I'm the Soul Asylum on the Red Right train. God damn it. You talking about stinky John Voight, big stink, <laughs> big stank. I, my daughter, my daughter's only totally, you know, I think she's a goddamn piece of shit. <laughs> big stank. He loves Trump now, right? <laughs> How can he not? Like he's been a crazy person for like forty fucking years. Really? Oh God, yeah. He was a crazy Republican in like nineteen ninety nine. Oh, what about back in um, nineteen eighty five when Runaway Train was made? Probably. I, all I know is that Ice Cube should have punched him when he made Anaconda. You don't think he was on the set of this film like, you goddamn Russian commies? Oh, you let me tell you about goddamn Russian commies over there. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's me and you and you and me and you. That's all it is. It's just the two of us. Hey, 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 hey. I know what a cage bird sings. <laughs> is uh, John Voight a big fella? He looks kind of big in this movie. He does, but he's not that big. He's got to be over six feet. I don't think so. Big I don't remember him in Anaconda. He did not seem that big. Yeah, but he was also like uh, chubby and old. And when you get chubby and old, Arnold Schwarzenegger is chubby smaller. and old, but still looks like a big dude, and he's only six feet tall. Arnold Schwarzenegger is not six feet tall. <laughs> John, right, so the, the Rock, then he's like six three, right? Six four. The Rock's like six five. He's pretty big. He's like an actual big. I don't. I don't think he's actually six five. I've seen him on Conan before. Conan. Going on, yeah. This IMDb says John Voight's um six one and a half. Oh, so he's pretty tall, taller than average. Court was a little earlier today was like, "Hey, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant stars pretty tall." I'm like, oh, Kobe Bryant wasn't that tall, was he? He's only like six seven, right? Yeah, he he was like. But six, I guess six seven say, is right? is pretty tall, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Not too many people that are six seven. Most of them are playing basketball. Because it's well, something like um, only 15% or less of the population is only over six feet. So, oh, fuck me. Narrows it down quite a bit. I should have gone to volleyball or something. Volleyball. She just kept playing basketball. I think about that sometimes. I'm not saying I would have been pro, but I could have gotten my college paper. Yeah, that's what I think too. I'm always like, I could have at least gotten a scholarship, stupid punk rock, and other things. I just had a really shitty coach in high school I don't like very much. Yeah. Uh, this is a canon film. We were talking about canon before. Like the traditional canon? Like, uh, like Citizen yeah, Kane? like the Western canon? Yeah. <laughs> I guess technically that's the case, too. It's um, No, 100% is. The Runaway Train is not one of those. But Oh, you don't think so? That's a good movie. Oh, you don't think it's well-known enough to be part of the canon? 
no, it's not well known to be part of the canon. It's also not a very Western, so it can't be part of the Western canon. But I mean, it is um, produced by the canon film group Menachem Golan and Yoren Globus, two cousins from Israel. Those Christians. Uh, they made a lot of uh, um, exploitation films in the 80s. They didn't have any creative control in this one. They just put up the money. So that's why it's actually um, a pretty okay movie. It's a well-made movie, very well crafted. I will say that there's parts of it that are qu- quite ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a spectacle movie. Um, um, you remember that made-for-TV movie we watched probably in like 2005 with, with mom and dad? It was like a two-parter where there was a train and it had a nuclear bomb on it and it exploded because they dropped water on it. I don't. Parts of, parts of this movie remind cool. me of <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. It's like, yeah, this oh, is... we got we to gotta switch on another track. Oh, no, it's going too fast. It's going to explode a chemical plant and wipe out an entire country. Yeah, so this movie has deeper themes and there's, like, more resonant story to it, but none of that, like, coalesces until the third act. And up until then, it could just be, like, a Sylvester Stallone movie, right? I mean, there's, like, you get hints of it in the first act. Yeah, but then... I would say the second act is mostly bereft of anything. The second act, I don't like. I think it's kind of boring, and I um hate that they cut back to, like, the train management for the play-by-play stuff. Like, that shouldn't yeah, be it is really dumb. It, like, you need to see them maybe once or twice. Huh? Yeah. That. The most startling journey you'll ever take... I'll kill Let me do it. ...has just begun. Oh, smile, man, we're free! We make a hell of a team, don't we, man? No, no, nothing for nothing. Shut up, come on! At stake is their spirit, their freedom, and their lives. John Voigt, Eric Roberts, Rebecca De Mornay, Runaway Train. A film by Andre Konchalovsky. Uh, two escaped convicts and a female railway worker find themselves trapped on a train with no brakes and nobody driving. The uh, engineer has like a heart attack and falls off the train. And so that's that part is pretty ridiculous, but you know, you got to get a plot somehow. <laughs> uh, directed by Andre Konchalovsky. Konchalovsky. You will not sabotage me with your runaway trains. Uh, the only other film he's directed that I imagine the audience will be familiar with is Tango and Cash. Oh my God! What Hell a yeah. great one! Kurt Russell, Sylvester Stallone. I, you the, know, I, Kurt Russell's never made a movie I didn't like, even that one where he was a principal in a superhero high school. The sort of precursor to the Tango and Cash escape from prison scene is in this movie. <laughs> oh, it is. That's true. Yeah. Touche. Uh, this man was born Andrei Sergeyevich Mikhalkov. Mikhalkov. Ah, French, huh? Yeah, his father is Sergei Mikhalkov, who wrote the lyrics for the Soviet and Russian national anthems. He's like a poet laureate, very important Russian or Soviet figure. Uh, Andrei himself is a laureate of the Order for Merit to the Fatherland, the National Order of the Legion of Honor, an officer of the Order of Arts and Letters, a Cavalier of the Order of Merit of the Italian Republic, and a People's Artist of the Soviet Union. Uh, he did a lot of um, theater and stuff like that in the Soviet Union, which is where most of his accolades come from. But he did have um, a pretty successful filmmaking career, just most of it's uh, not Western. 
And he was a frequent collaborator of Andrei Tarkovsky, who is probably the most famous Russian director in the West. Solaris, Stalker, that sort of stuff, I'm sure. Um, I don't know. Most people know who Andrei Tarkovsky is, I believe. He has a cool quote that says, Any art is a lie, but great art is a lie that helps you understand the truth of life. Very poetic, very Soviet. (laughs) 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 Or Russian, rather, not Soviet specifically. It it actually reminds me of a Gene Wolfe quote where he's like, um, All fiction is fantasy, but some of us are more honest. (laughs) He probably copied this guy. I don't think so. Eugene Wolf copied Andre. <laughs> Konchalovsky. I wonder why he changed his name. I guess so he couldn't he didn't he wouldn't be able to write on his father's coattails. Because he has a brother <laughs> a brother who just took a Mikolikov name and also was a famous uh theater director. Oh, so we got a, like a Charlie Sheen Sylvester or a Charlie Sheen Emilio Westra situation here. Yeah, did you hear the, uh, um I didn't know Corey Feldman accused Charlie Sheen of raping um Corey Haim? Oh shit! Yeah, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen is like an f- incredibly big piece of shit, so it's really mm-hmm. hard for me not to discount that outright. Well, it's, uh, I was also thinking about it. Is like Charlie Sheen probably got abused when he was younger, and he, you know, it's like this, this is part of Hollywood, right? And he, you know, perpetuated it. And then remember when he was like Tiger Blood, but what he meant was HIV. <laughs> 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 yeah, but that was from like uh, prostitutes, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but he's like, I got that tiger blood, and it turned out it was HIV. Yeah, you got that feline it's Not to joke about. If you actually go and read about all the crazy shit Charlie Sheen's done, it's like this is no laughing matter. He is a crazy person. Like when you see it all in a list, you're like, God damn, I forgot about all that stuff. At the same time, is it is it all not also a laughing matter? It mm-hmm. is the 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 sort of absurdity of it that it could be one man. Yeah, someday that'll be me. If we can only hope. That means I get to be Emilio Estevez. I'm going to make a movie about my favorite political figure, um, George Francis McGovern. Bacon. <laughs> George <Uh-oh>. McGovern. <laughs> uh, no, I would make it about, if I had to do someone's like gun to your head, you have to do a movie about uh, a presidential candidate or a president. Obviously, I'm doing it about Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> anyone that's that rampant of an alcoholic because it's okay about me hell yeah he's a whiskey man <laughs> is that your reasoning or is there some other part well just, yeah he's a whiskey man he you know did the civil war shit but mostly he was a drunk and then he had like one of the most corrupt um cabinets in presidential history which is saying <laughs> a lot for the united states yeah, one of but then he like he's competing with like warren harding and now fucking donald trump so yeah, but Ulysses S. Grant seems cool. Neither of those guys seem cool. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're right. Out of the, the three of them, Grant is the, by far the coolest. Yeah, like Donald Trump. The most entertaining thing about Donald Trump is he's like a like a gossipy little drama queen on the internet. You know, I don't know how you can <laughs> not no more. <laughs> Rest in peace to one of the greatest shit posters of all time. <laughs> Nobody can do it like the Donalds. Uh, so yeah, this is Canon Films, but this is more a situation where they were just luckily enough to get to produce it rather than uh, through any machinations of uh, Globus and Golan. The real question everybody's wondering right now is who wrote this this magnificent movie? Well, the screenplay is credited to Jordi Milicevic. Milicevic. That's a lie. 
Paul Zindel and Edward Bunker, but it's based on an original screenplay by Akira Kurosawa with uncredited contributions by frequent Kurosawa collaborators Hideo Oguni and Ryuzu Kikushima. Uh, Kurosawa intended the original screenplay to be his first color film following Redbeard, which was about me. Um, <laughs> couldn't get um, American financial back- backers, so he just kind of forgot about it. Fuck uh, me! I can't like, can't believe in like 1983, Kurosawa cannot get American financial backers. Oh, uh, this would have actually been in the 60s when he originally wanted to do it. Oh, okay, so, that makes more sense then. Nah, at that point, it's already like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't know. Like, you, I just well, I guess the, the race, racism yeah, the, the racism, makes sense the, yeah, the racism, yeah, the racism, yeah, we we just fought a war against these motherfuckers. Hey, if he <laughs> this guy wanted to, to make a movie, he should have won World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so in 1982, um, the Nippon Herald Company, which owned Kurosawa's script, uh, contacted Francis Ford Coppola. To uh, they're like, "Hey, can can you get this made?" And he's like, "I don't know. I'll recommend a director to you." <laughs> I'm too high right now, or drunk. You pick. 82. Yeah, you fucked up. Yeah. So he basically Coppola just suggested Andre Konchalovsky to direct it. Andre says the design is still Kurosawa's. The concentration of energy and passion, the existential point of view, and the image of the train is something perhaps civilization out of control. Uh, Manny, the character played by Voight, feels win or lose, what's the difference? That's not very familiar to the Western mind. We tend to love winners and we don't like losers. It used to be, I think that maybe used to be the case. Like win or lose, what's the difference? Being somewhat of a foreign concept to maybe say Americans. But I think that existential, oh, it's creeping. Meaninglessness <laughs> is very common now. <laughs> I don't know if we like winners so much anymore, or even know what winners are really. I'm a winner, Kyle. Look at me. I feel I'm like a you, fucking winner. I feel like a winner um, <laughs> every day because of my personal philosophy. But uh, it doesn't add up with what society expects the winner to be. <laughs> oh, I guess some. By my own personal standard of what a person should be, I feel okay about myself. But mm-hmm. by the way society judges me, I'm probably not that great. I know by society's reckoning, I'm like the lowest of the low. No, no. Kyle, you're but white, so you got you got that going for you. That's about it. <laughs> I can only I honestly can only get you so far. Um. Yeah, but by like my own personal, I don't know. It doesn't matter because like the only only you know the truth about yourself, you know, which is um, oh, I disagree. I feel like most people don't even know the truth about themselves. I don't know oh. if I know the truth about myself. I think about myself constantly, and I don't even know if I'm being honest. Yeah, but I'm usually just taking stock or like recapitulating um, analysis I've already done before myself. I usually I feel like I, at this point in my life I always end up. Back in the same place. So I think I have myself pretty figured out, and I like it. Um, but that's about it. No one else likes it. <laughs> 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 yeah, lose. And I think, um, to be honest, I think people generally uh, like me as a like a, to a certain extent. Like uh, people often like me as a novelty they don't realize it because as a novelty but like once they get closer to me and like the novelty wears off then then it's like okay yeah um no i don't know what you're talking about at all (laughs) (laughs) well i mean here's a anecdote for you my my wife finds 
our father to be hilarious. One of the funniest people in the world. Yeah. I have worn off for her. And our humor <laughs> yeah. and dad's not that different. No, and that's like our mom doesn't think our dad's funny at all. I don't know, she most of our lives she hasn't thought he's funny. So that wore off after like a couple of years of dating, probably. <laughs> Can't rely on that forever, but it's all you got to cope with. The pain. I got the, all I have this all I have is my sarcasm and charm, and it's it's wearing thin. Mm-hmm. Watching this film, this reminds me of when I did hard time at Tent City for uh, slightly over 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Someone stole your towel. <laughs> no, it wasn't stolen. I gave it to the guy who was trying to kick heroin. It was fucking... Listeners, let me tell you, you've, like, never seen... It's, it, you've never seen a horror show like a 100-pound addict trying to kick heroin in Tent City. Fucking dude's going through it. This dude was going through it. This is, like, the most going through it I've ever seen a dude go through it. <laughs> It was pretty bad. And then obviously it's Tent City. Um, CEOs don't care. They're not going to provide them with any medical care. Et cetera. So you get the idea. Tons of people died from stupid shit in Tent City. Hey, that, a nice thing from like opioid uh, withdrawals, you don't die. You just feel like you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, not the same with alcohol withdrawal. So. Oh, no. Which, which case you can actually die from. Mm-hmm. Which the, or uh, um, like benzos too, you can die from. Yeah, they did actually let someone die of alcohol withdrawal in Maricopa County. So. <laughs> not here, Kyle. Yeah, Maricopa. Not with Sheriff Joe as the Sheriff Joe. I did get lucky. Well, obviously, I'm lucky in that I was just a tourista and was only there for like 49 hours. But um, also, it was like in March, so it hadn't gone super hot yet. <laughs> March is almost the perfect time to go. Yeah, exactly. I was supposed to be there for a week, but uh, it's every like night the uh, warden or whatever basically gets rid of like because the, they have to, there's people in there the touristas like me. Uh, hopefully, um, people have they try to that read our or listen to our podcast are familiar with the overcrowding uh, situation in prisons right. and the nonviolent offenders and how often they're just like turfed out. Yeah, if you're only there for a bullet. Which means a very short sentence. They'll they'll rotate you out pretty quick because they don't have room for anyone. But yeah, uh, my review of Tent City, one star. Wouldn't do it again, <laughs> <laughs> even for. I, yeah, I mean, one star is it's not bad. You can give half. Give no I mean, stars. It, well, I mean, it's like I didn't die, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a, honestly. Yeah. I, negative stars if I die. <laughs> what kind of review are you giving here? They let you bring in change to use a vending machine. <laughs> I was thinking, man, fucking, I could put all this change in a sock and beat the shit out of someone. <laughs> and I did. And I did. There was some dude who was like, um, clearly didn't want to be back on the streets, right? Even though he's getting out. And like, so, uh, he so he's trying to cause shit. Trying to cause trouble. So they would um, put him back in for a little bit. And they did, of course, because he was, yeah, he was being a dick. Like, hey, who's got some money from me, for me? How about you? Before he got to me, luckily. Because then I would have got stuck in there too, for sure. Because I'd be like, fuck you, old man. <laughs> but uh, luckily, some other old dude was like, not going to take it either and like put him in a headlock. But then both the dudes got put back in for a little bit and we were all like no nah, man he was trying to shake everyone down he was giving that kid a hard time blah blah, blah. they don't give a fuck though because they're cops 
That's runaway train for it. That's runaway train for it. You saw it. It's Tent City. That's great. I think about it. It's like that all happened. Like I said, it was only I was only in Tennessee for like forty nine hours or fifty something like that, and like you know, saw a lot of cool shit in that time period. Just imagine, like, what if I'd been in there for like six months to a year, like some of my friends? Hmm. All the shit I could have seen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's in this film? Uh, we got John Voight, who plays me, the hardened, heroic criminal that all the other uh, inmates worship, just like when I was in Tent City. I also list myself at six, one and a half, because I'm, really, uh, I'm really particular about that half. <laughs> and it's actually a quarter. <laughs> John Voight is Angelina Jolie's smelly dad. He loves Trump. Um, Not Angelina Jolie. Anaconda. <laughs> he, does a, he, does a, he does a really weird accent in Anaconda. <laughs> oh, well, that's just not, you don't come in the eyes. Yeah, it's a, it's a snake in a river. He's a Cajun from like uh, Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Cajun from the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a best actor nomination for this film. Oh, really? That's a, that's a shock. You think so? I think he does a pretty good job. I'm not saying he's doing a bad job. I'm just like, this is not a movie I expect to get a best actor nomination for. Oh, whoa. This movie actually got nominated for quite a lot of awards. It's just every time I I, I watch it, I'm like, I mean, there's a chamical plant that they run into that whole Alaska's going to explode in fire. Oh, God, there'll be jokers everywhere. Oh yeah, but that's this. That's because um, this is before all the those disaster action movies of the '90s. So this is cutting. I don't know, even that is still ridiculous to me. But from, uh, is it Airplane came out in 1979? I mean, it's oh, this is like a technical marvel of filmmaking. The way they film the trains and everything. There's uh, plenty of reasons that this. Oh no, that uh, part's cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm just talking about like the actual the. Some of the plot elements to me are like, come on, you had you had something here. You didn't have to make it this ridiculous. Well, yeah, I think um, some of like the punch up that was done by the American Cannon. writers is yeah. kind of probably what fucked it. Now, Cannon didn't have anything to do with the screenplay. Um, like, I'm sure if it would have just been Kurosawa and only the, the Russian guy, I'm sure it would have been more broadly philosophical and existential. And wouldn't have had all the action beats in it. But they're trying to make it for a Western audience. So, that, yeah, there's like, oh, the bridge is old. And uh, they got to disconnect the coupling or whatever. Kurosawa has, no, well, he doesn't really follow. I was trying to think of like any Kurosawa movie that has like action plot beats like that. And there really isn't any. He probably would have just let it, you know, let it rise. <laughs> You must let it simmer. <laughs> uh, Eric Roberts is also in this. He's Julia Roberts' brother and uh, Emma Roberts' dad. And he... Uh, Those are the two best things he's he's done. <laughs> pretty much. Except for he is really good in this movie. Except for his I, accent at first is like, what the fuck? But then he just starts to sound like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, he got Best Supporting Actor nomination for this baby. And uh, it's also the only time he's been nominated for an Oscar. So <laughs> he didn't get one for uh, his part in Batman Begins. <laughs> what about that Killers music video? <laughs> uh, he replaced Tom Berenger, who dropped out to shoot Platoon, which is Platoon's a pretty good movie. Man, I like Platoon a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, did Tom Berenger make a mistake? He could have been Oscar nominated, but then it's like, 
Platoon is a fucking good movie, and barely anyone remembers Runaway Train. Uh, it also nominated for Best Film Editing at the Oscars. Golden Globes, it had even more nominations. The same acting nominations, also Best Picture. And <laughs> Canon's like, oh my god, we finally did it. <laughs> Canon, actually, there, there's a few instances of Canon where they accidentally end up producing um, a critically acclaimed film, and they're just like, wow, now we can make more trash. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, you want to make a truck driving uh, arm wrestling movie? <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people actually speculate um, because the film was produced by Canon and they already had a reputation for being like exploitation productions that it uh, affected the box office and critical reception of this film. I can see that because I think yeah. I think it's good, but I don't <laughs> think it's quite that good. Yeah, it might be because of the association with Canon. Who knows? Also, yeah, there does there's some like I said the back and forth to the train management. There's parts of the script where I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you like if I like that. And then um, third hand here we got Rebecca De Mornay. She's in lots of 80s and 90s stuff, but usually not the main character because she's a woman, obviously. Uh, she does play Winifred Torrance, which is Shelley Duvall's character in the Shining TV miniseries. Remember that one? That one was pretty spooky. Wait, oh yeah, I do remember the Shining TV. With the guy from the guy from Wings. Wings. Yeah, <laughs> she's also the um horny hot mom from wedding crashers i think millennials will remember her oh my god do i ever dorothy walker and jessica jones i guess i don't know yeah wait i watched this it was the first season of jessica jones she's in like every episode of jessica jones i don't fucking remember whatever yeah, yeah she's in it whatever well, i watched one division what the fuck is jessica jones isn't it's a Marvel yeah. thing, right? It's the Marvel one, yeah, with Jessica Jones. Who's Jessica Jones? You know, the girl from the uh, B in Apartment 23 and Breaking Bad. No, who's Jessica it. Jones in Marvel? Oh, Luke Cage's wife. She's like a superhero lady. Superhero spy lady kind of thing. Hmm. Um, okay. Wait, uh, not waiting. What the hell? Bendis like, wrote her shit, I think. Oh, did he create her and shit? Uh-huh. I believe so. But oh, so she's like a check. relatively new character? Yes. Last okay. 20 years for sure. All right. Then that's why I don't know who she is. Because I was like, Luke Cage has a wife, uh, and it's not an equally exploitation era black woman. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> they, they've gone away from that. <laughs> that is a mistake. Uh, WandaVision, though. You watched it? Is it uh, cutting edge TV? I mean, it's TV. <laughs> Yeah, like the, I don't know, like I don't. It's good. It's not bad. Yeah, I feel like I've already figured it out. Obviously, like uh, Wanda's having some sort of weird, like uh, post-traumatic uh, stress shit from the fact that she's never dealt with uh, anything in her entire life, and her entire shit's gone haywire, and so she's, she's created, created some sort of reality. alternate reality, right? Yeah. And then Sword, which is like the new Shield. Um, and sword in the comic books is like the extraterrestrial shield, right? The ones that protect space people. Sure, I, I that believe that's the, correct. Uh, um, no, Nova Corps is the uh, is the Green Lantern Corps of Marvel Universe, but Sword is like the specifically Earth based, um, oh. but for aliens. And so instead of Shield, it's Sword. You know, Sword and Shield. Get it? Oh. Um, so I think she, I think Sword is trying to penetrate her like alternate reality, and that's what's going on. That's why you constantly see Sword shit. And um, oh, fuck, what's the the black girl's name in the second episode? Geraldine? 
I'm pretty sure she's a sword agent that's gotten wrapped up in the uh, um, uh, Wanda's, you know, alternate reality mind bullshit. And mm-hmm. at some point, we'll probably see Quicksilver and a bunch of other crazy shit. I mean, I won't see it. <laughs> I will. I got kids. The audience, the universal audience. <laughs> yeah, because all that stuff completely uninteresting to me. Uh, to me, the premise just seems like oh, um, the Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst movie where they color. Oh, Pleasantville. No, yeah. I think I think every episode is supposed to be a different era of uh, television or, or sitcom television. Oh, I guess that's kind. I of don't fun. know. I think it's kind. Of, I think it's kind of fun. I think I have. It seems like critics have, or audience uh, perception has been kind of shitty, but whatever. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I, it's definitely more fun than um, the last forty-five minutes of Endgame. Yeah, I fucking the only thing I remember from Endgame is um, Fat Thor. <laughs> 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 I think that's it. Oh, I don't remember any other shit that happens in it. Anyways, runaway train. Runaway train. Marvel is a runaway train. United States. That's what I call the United States a runaway train. Oh, it's not. I call society a runaway train. Runaway train never come back. Yeah. Please never. Suicide. Never. Shut up. Only God. Oh my girl. God. I'm about to hang up on you right now. Uh, this is the de- debut film of Danny Trejo and Tommy Tiny Lister. Everyone knows Danny Trejo. He's Machete. And um, Tiny Lister is Debo on Friday. He's the president in Fifth Element. He also fought Hulk Hogan once. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he's also in the movie we're watching next time. Uh, are we watching No Holds Barred? <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> oh, my, I'm so excited. We're watching No Holds Barred. Uh, not next week, but the next episode. Early um, reveal. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Danny Trejo, I just want to talk about his uh, how he got in this film because Danny Trejo is cool. Uh, Trejo was visiting a friend who was working as a production assistant on the set. It's actually uh, he was the um, Georgia. No, the, he was his his sponsor for Narcotics Anonymous. Oh, great! Danny Trejo was for this better, guy. even better. Um, Edward Bunker, who wrote the one of the writers on the screenplay and plays Jonah in the movie, and Mr. Blue and Reservoir Dogs, which probably he's in it because of this movie, um, recognized Trejo because they both served time in San Quentin. And then so Bunker helped Trejo get hired as Eric Roberts' boxing coach. And the director thought he was a pretty cool guy, so he gave him a small role where he gets to box with Eric Roberts. Uh, Danny Trejo later stated that he was staggered to find out that the coaching job earned him $320 per day, which was more than he had ever gotten from a robbery. $320 per day. That's fucking, I'll take it. (laughs) That, that's probably more than I've ever made in a single day. Well, you got to train Eric Roberts to box. I'll train Eric Roberts to box. He's old (laughs) as shit now. I don't know if he can handle it. He's like an old lesbian. (laughs) <laughs> I think we went over this uh, off mic last last time. Yeah, so I, some actors they just start when they age they turn into old lesbians. Is it the? Uh, it's a combination of I believe of the uh, plastic surgery, right, and and some other shit. Right? I don't know this because I don't think Daniel Day Lewis has gotten any cosmetic surgery, and he's um 
he last time I saw him, like not like out of character, he looked particularly like a like a your art teacher in ninth grade, you know. <laughs> Run away, train never coming back, yeah. Daniel Day Lewis, yeah. I wonder why I'm seeing it like Nickelback or what? Well, that's because that's Northwestern white guy singing. Yeah, that's the era where that shit started. Pearl Jam. Everyone's copying Eddie Vedder. Me, wonder why no one tried to copy Kurt Cobain's style. Hey. Because you can't really. It's, it's very yeah, no, It was very particularly quick. <laughs> it's kind of why Nirvana stands out still among uh, that time period of music. Well, I think. Again, because they're not really like a, a grunge band. I had this argument with Mo. I feel the day. They, they really. They're a they, punk band. They're a punk band. <laughs> they're a punk band. Grunge is also not real. That's like MTV made that up. <laughs> Some outside corporation. Came up with a name for an existing punk scene in the Northwest. And then other bands came along. We're like, yeah, we're grunge, like Nirvana. Yeah, I'm Pearl Jam. We're, we're grunge. Well, Pearl Jam existed organically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, contemporaries of Nirvana in that scene aren't Pearl Jam and shit like that. It's fucking Modest Mouse and Daniel Johnston and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and of Bikini Kill. You dummies. Quit lumping Nirvana in with that, yeah, fucking weird white guy butt rock shit. I don't even like Nirvana that much, but I think it's such like a disservice when the <laughs> yeah the pioneers of grunge and all these other shitty bands. No, they're a good band and the long legacy of good punk bands from the Pacific Northwest. Don't you take me <laughs> This film is dedicated to the memory of the brave Mujahideen fighters. Whatever happened to them? <laughs> they, became, uh, they became Al Qaeda, right? Or the Taliban? Yeah, right. they blew up a trade center or two. Yeah, uh, it actually is dedicated to the memory of Richard Hawley, who is a helicopter pilot that died while they're filming. Because if you notice, there's a lot of uh, helicopter shots in this film. Did you notice? Uh, and uh, in my mind, a lot of dangerous helicopter shots. Oh, yeah, shots. <laughs> there's a lot of dangerous filmmaking in this. Especially helicopter shots following another helicopter. Very close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're going to have a guy dangle from a ladder. Uh, we're <laughs> yeah. following a train. There's going to be another helicopter filming the whole thing, right? And there's going to be a lot of series of tunnels and like canyons. That's cool, yeah. right? It's going to be the scariest shit you've ever done, Stuntman. I would, uh, Twilight Zone, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean this is was only like a year after the Twilight Zone. <laughs> they didn't have any kids on set to kill the I will just kill a helicopter pilot this time. Uh, so basically, here's the deal: uh, John Voight is um some sort of like great time burglar who's good at escaping or some shit. And so he's, he's a like, bank. He's a bank guy. He's a bank robber guy. Yeah, he's like uh, Ben Affleck in the town. I'm gonna leave this whole goddamn town in my rear view. <laughs> uh, no, no, he's from New York, he, not <laughs> not like Philly, <laughs> Boston. Yeah, what the town? That's in Boston. I know it is Boston, but your accent was questionable. <laughs> I don't believe this whole town in my rear. No, I'm gonna believe this whole town in the wide goddamn rear view. Yeah, that's JFK. That's Boston, <laughs> Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, would you got a good Boston accent? I put the car to car park for a quarter. <laughs> well, he doesn't have it to that extreme, though. Is the problem? Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> He's got it like Bill Burr has it. What? <laughs> yeah, what? 
The Mandalorian. <laughs> Take your goddamn mask off, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's kind of like that. Except for he's a Ben Affleck, so it's not as nasally. Yeah, so I he's... I think of Ben Affleck as a nasally sack of shit. <laughs> ben Affleck. Too bad he's a masculine man. No, no, I'm a masculine man. I'm a real, I'm a man's man. I think Ben Affleck is um somehow become like very iconic to me of like a, a sad masculine man. Like, you know, <laughs> all the pictures of him just like staring off into the ocean and like looking sad outside of his house smoking a cigarette. It's like I get it. That's the sad uncle vibes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real man's. That's what masculinity is these days. A sad uncle. Um, but uh, so. Uh, John Voight is so good at escaping, he's apparently welded into his cell. That's pretty badass, right? <laughs> Blatantly against the Constitution. <laughs> well, yeah, but hey, we do it anyway, so yeah, <laughs> what's solitary confinement? Eh. Yeah, I mean, um, we were talking hey, about yeah, Ten City I know earlier, why the case so. board sings. <laughs> talking about Ten City earlier and uh, Sheriff Joe. Well, they shut that shit down, didn't they? Yeah, but it only took him like 15 years. <laughs> well, yeah, they replaced the fucking sheriff. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the, the, speaking of constitutional rights being violated, it happens every day in prison. It's happening right now. People no, serving no, 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 no. People serving time for shit they haven't even been convicted of yet. Bullshit. Kyle, in, in the United States of America, we've never, ever convicted a man to death and killed him. For a crime he didn't convert. It didn't happen over a hundred times that we know about. That's for sure. And also, it's not like we've been uh, killing people like crazy the last few months before Trump gets out. Of oh, my God. Yeah, because Joe Biden's like, yeah, we're going to stop the federal death penalty. Yeah, he's like, all right, fucking Trump's get like, him out. Get fuck, him out. Kill them all. <laughs> kill them quick. Kill them quick. Yep. That, you know, I mean, it's just like, you know, pain and suffering is my middle name. It's the whole point of this shit. Like, there's no reason to do it at this point. Except to cause harm. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. It's um. I was reading about it coincidentally this week. Like how many uh, executions they've done since July, and it's like fuck. This country sucks. I already like hate everything about like our carceral system, and obviously I'm a, a abolitionist and um that sort of thing but it's like i don't know sometimes you just read about it in detail and you're like fuck there's nothing you can do about it i I mean like i don't know there's a whole there is something we can do about it we're just never gonna do it i meant like me personally (laughs) you could continue to do the things you've done you know what i mean yeah I wish it was. I wish I was like a Doctor Doom type figure. <laughs> I'd be a benevolent ruler. That's what Doctor Doom said too. I, well, no one's giving him the chance. It might work out if they let him do it. <laughs> They've given him the chance. It's not terrible. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, There's I mean, definitely worse places to live. Well, in that's Marvel. the thing is like Latvia sucks because of the um the, the the tariffs and shit that are placed on it by the other countries because they know Doom right. runs it. If they were, <laughs> that's 100 not why Latvia sucks. La- uh, Doom <laughs> is smart enough to get around any fucking tariff in the you could impose on that motherfucker. <laughs> you could travel through time, through dimensions, and space. No, it's that's like exactly like a Venezuela situation. <laughs> no, it's not so bad because of uh, the. No, no, Doom's just a little bit country. of an asshole is the problem. He's got a little bit of heart on Richards. <laughs> no, no, no. He's a benevolent ruler. 
Israel Mikhail Gorbachev. <laughs> oh, Mr. Gorbachev, I'll call down this wall. Tear down the wall. And he was like, Reagan, you bitch. I was already working on this shit. It's called Glasnost, you bitch. <laughs> Glasnost. Glasnost. Oh, yeah. So he's welding into that shit, but apparently there's news broadcast and they uh, got him out of they got him out of solitary confinement. His lawyers did. Uh, and everyone's just like, oh, you welded him in there. That's cool. <laughs> you're doing your job, sir. <laughs> you're the finest warden I ever met. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the prisoner's like, let's set fire to all our, our toilet paper. <laughs> They're psyched that he's getting out, so they do a little riot. Um, they just do a little bit of rioting. It seems like that prison's on fire all the time, though, because even later on when they bring in the hoses to like put out the fire and punish the prisoners... There's still like little pockets of fire. <laughs> <laughs> I also like how they put um, uh, visors on the police officers, so you can't tell that they reuse the extras later on. Yeah, that's that's movie magic, filmmaking one on one. We don't have money for all these extras. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. Bada bing, bada boom. What if the Russian equivalent of bada bing, bada boom is? Bada bing, bada boomovich. Uh, yeah, so then we are introduced to Eric Roberts, who is a prisoner of some kind. He's a boxer. He's a rapo. He is a rape. He's a chomo, as they would call him these days. Um, they don't provide any extra details about it. He does say it's a statutory rape, and she was 15. And he was older. But which is, he he was, looks quite a bit older right now, so yeah, got a lot of questions right now, Eric. A, And you were 18? <laughs> that is the edge of acceptable. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's tons of senior dudes dating freshman girls, right? In high school and shit. That'd be like and that. I thought it was fucking weird as shit. It is pretty weird. At 14, like, 14 if, is way different than 18. Um, hey, like, there's a wealth of difference between 14 and 18. You know what I mean? 18 and 21 is not weird, but 18 and 14 is fucking weird. And I'll stand by that. 18 and 25 is weird, though. That's weird. Yeah. But 1821, yeah, you can see that working. 1825, that's, nah. And that's nah. also like 21 and 30. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. 21 and 35? I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> no. Thank you, sir. Uh, what's the, what was the old adage? Is a half your age plus seven? So it's a 35 would be um, 15. We'll say 16 because that feels weird. And plus seven is 23. That feels low. Yeah, I don't think the math shit works because it's the the age doesn't matter after like twenty eight, right? You know what I mean? After twenty eight, yeah, twenty twenty nine feels about the it right. Doesn't matter, to- but like there's very because of the developmental period of humans, there's very specific times where it's really sketchy. Like fourteen to eighteen is quite different than eighteen to twenty one, and twenty one to twenty five is different. You know what I mean? These are very specific developmental periods. Still <laughs> this brought to you by the VHS Colt. Um, <laughs> VHS Colt, make a ho shake. Guaranteed. But not a 15 year old one. <laughs> no. 18 or above. Well, Honestly, I, at my age, I feel. <laughs> yeah, I, like, at my age, I, I feel know. like 28 is, is nothing. Please, no one below that make anything shake. Well, the last time I like sort of dated someone a couple years ago, I would have been 31 or 32, and they were 23. Ugh, you're and gross. It was, it was like not, 
I was like, that's why it was only like we kind of like checked it out a couple times. And I was like, yeah, this isn't going to be, <laughs> this, this isn't going to work. Yeah, I'm saying 25 plus is probably what I'm going with now. <laughs> Maybe even older. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a little bolder than you. So I'm, uh, uh, 28 is, is, is as low as I want to go. Well, you're uh, married. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, what, well, that's even weirder. <laughs> you're basically dead. So <laughs> you're married. You just you can't date anyone. <laughs> that's what you think. <laughs> well, you guys got an open relationship now? <laughs> Hell no. Like the Smiths, Will Smith and um, Jay is Pinkett? That, I don't think that's what they had, is it? I thought they were separated and she's like... Man, there was rumors for years that they had an open relationship and then that shit with the August Alcina came up. And I know for a fact they just did that to promote her fucking the reality show or whatever. That shit's not real. They straight or up reality have, show. I don't know. They straight up have an open relationship. I know it. I don't trust those fucking capitalist pig dogs. I don't trust Will Smith. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know the intricacies of their relationship. I just had heard for a long time that they had an open relationship. I mean, I heard that too. But like, people talk a lot of shit on the internet about celebrities that isn't necessarily true. Yeah, they also, honestly, people talk a lot of shit generally. It isn't one true. Yeah, they also could have had an open relationship, but it involved specific guidelines, which she didn't follow when it came with the August Alcina situation. But that would be hard to clarify on public television. So maybe they didn't talk about all those details, you know? Anyhow, uh, Eric Roberts <laughs> starts off with a weird accent, but it, basically it's um, Matthew McConaughey. So I guess he's a Texan. Um, he convinces uh another prisoner who's operating the um announcement system of some kind to broadcast the fact that john voigt's getting out of solitary which kicks off the riot um i only mentioned that much detail because the radio operator man has a very good line where he says uh i was holding my mud around here when you were still pissing in your diapers because Eric Roberts asked him if he'd shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been holding my mud around here. Holding my mud. That's what I call my shits. I mean, hey, kids, I'm going to go make my mud. <laughs> I got the mud buzz. <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh, I got oh. poop soup. <laughs> oh, mud butt. Oh, poop soup. Yeah, then the riot breaks out and you're like, you know what? Prison seems like a lot of fun. But guess what? I know from personal experience doing hard time, it's not fun. It's not fun. No. It's pretty fucking boring, is what it is. <laughs> you were only for two days. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I could like that. I honestly, it seems ridiculous because it's only like forty nine hours or whatever. But um, prison being in prison has been like my biggest fear since I was about fourteen or fifteen. Anyways, like after. <laughs> and meanwhile, it's your fucking retirement plan. It's a good luck. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke. There's no way I'm going back to prison of any kind. Because, yeah, even after that 49 hours when I got out, I was like, I need to change my life. I can't ever do that shit again. <laughs> I was like, not even for a day would I be willing to do that shit again. I just, because I can't, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, there's not shit to do, honestly. You fucking play dominoes or cards, which is all right for, like, you know, a couple hours. But then it's like, I don't know. You, you can't do shit. You know what I mean? People watching you piss and stuff. Fucking cops. Yeah, anyways, don't do it. Don't do not do crime unless you're sure you can get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> the crime you did was smoking marijuana a few days before you drove. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, having smoked marijuana once in the last 30 days while making a wide right turn. Thank you, police. 
I don't know, but I've been holding my mother around here. I'm sure he's still pissing in your diaper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to rub myself down in grease and wrap myself in saran wrap. Why do they do that? For insulation or something? Yeah, oh, that's insulation. Yes. Yeah, because I was like... Because they don't got that uh, cold weather clothing. Yeah, they're going to wiggle through pipes. They need to be greased up, but then they don't. <laughs> I guess it's insulation. Because they, yeah, well, they wrap themselves in saran wraps, which we can totally negate the grease. No, it's, I, I think it's insulation. Yeah, because well, I what purpose does the grease serve? Because saran wrap obviously is like, yeah, you know, you're gonna retain heat like crazy. You can get all sweaty under it, though. I guess maybe the grease prevent it from. Yeah, so grease still prevents you mostly from sweating, and it does retain heat that way. And then saran wrap, same thing. That's John Voight. He's uh, he's gonna be fucking gross by the time you get to the fucking train station. Though, I'll tell you. Well, that. they're also going through walking through duty water, and <laughs> duty water they feeds right into that river. God damn it, humans! Well, this is the 80s. They haven't, uh, yeah. <laughs> Clean Rivers Act hasn't been passed yet. That's also like, though, like, you know, when you're out fishing on the ocean, you got to take a <laughs> shit, what are you going to do, right? Fish poop in the ocean. It's, yeah, it's also the ocean, you know? <laughs> like, fucking, there's all sorts of, like, uh, doo doo in the ocean. You ever seen sharks, uh, fart, fart out their doo doo? Oh, it's gross. It's like a cloud doo doo. Yeah, well, because they have a cloaca. So it's like urine. <laughs> it's both cloaca. So it's like uh, urine and doo doo. And it's like, I don't know, oh. is it technically called a cloaca in the shark? I think, I think it's I'll, different. I'll, I'll ask my youngest son. He watches more documentaries yeah. than I do. I think it's the same concept, but it's different because it's a fish, not a reptile or a bird. They're boyed. But, um, boyed. but um, yeah, it just comes out like a big old cloud of uh, yellow poison. It looks like a cartoon, like a fart stink. Shark doo doo. <laughs> I just fucking got a. There's got to be video of like whales taking a shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> Whale shit NATO. Well, okay. <laughs> Whale going to the bat. Come on. Oh, yeah. Humpback whale take a poo in front of divers. I got to watch ads. Hold on. Humpback whale, young whale, and pooping mother? Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. It says pooping against climate change. <laughs> that's what I'm looking at, too. Someone got the timestamp, or let's <laughs> <laughs> just skipping out here. Yeah, let's hope. What, what beautiful the sounds so. they make as they take a shit! Oh my god, <laughs> did you see it? Yeah, I did. Oh, I missed it. It's around, it's around the halfway mark, 1 30 ish. All right, I was too busy looking at the comments. Oh my gosh, swim through it, <laughs> pussy. <laughs> Whoa, so majestic, uh huh. <laughs> so you know that yeah that um flapping buzzy noise you hear that you you think that's a whale call that's actually the whale's uh butthole for this is a flapping <laughs> butthole fucking whales right on that's crazy that's kind of what it looks like for sharks too but obviously whales are bigger so that's tons more doo-doo I bet, like, the whale doo-doo is, like, part of, uh, an important part of the ecosystem of the ocean, though, right? There's probably, like, certain, like, small animals that get their nutrients from whale doo Oh. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man, this guy's getting way too close to the whale doo-doo. <laughs> I'm going in. That's, <laughs> uh, you know, like, precious ambergris, right? The whale moment. <laughs> Maybe, like, there's some cultures where, like, whale doo-doo is important. <laughs> Come, I have the whale doo doo perfume. <laughs> we'll smoke the whale doo doo. We shall see God. 
John Voigt and Eric Roberts, they team up to escape, swim through the whale due to uh, John Voigt tells Eric Roberts, your tattoos suck, kid. I don't know why he does that, but then he does tell him that he read his papers and he knows he's a choma. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, John Voigt's just kind of a dick. He's lucky he didn't get his wig split. Come around here, talking like that, calling being a chomo, you're going to get your wig split. When you're out in the yard doing your makina, the shot caller comes up to you, tells you you got to move. Like, man, you better do it. You get your wig split. <laughs> Keep an eye out for the clavo, or you get your wig split. Man, you get your wig split. You're talking about Peter Watchers, um, selling wolf tickets. You better not be selling wolf tickets to get your wig split. You're out there on the makina, and shit, man. Car rides up, <laughs> might get your wig split. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just background. I've only ever seen like the last 50 minutes of this movie. Um, but uh, for a second, I thought it was going to be like Con Air, where um, whole gang of prisoners escape. Well, no, just like uh, that uh, John Voight has to like communicate with the train managers to stop the train, and <laughs> you know, all the noble uh prisoner that'll help stop the train and save everyone but if you think about it in con air um nick cage isn't even able to land the plane he crashes it and basically las vegas gets his wig split remember that i do remember las vegas getting his wig split mm-hmm. yeah probably las vegas sells a lot of wolf tickets and it's definitely a peter watcher <laughs> las, las vegas is constantly threatening Violence? <laughs> so a lot of wolf tickets. <laughs> it's a Peter I, I don't think it's 1960 anymore. I don't, I don't think the mafia runs Las Vegas like you think it does. <laughs> They're Peter Watchers. <laughs> the, the shocking reveal, our third um, member of the cast. There's other people in the cast, but obviously, who cares? It's, uh, Rebecca De Mornay. She's on. Hey, I'm here to too. I fell asleep. I'm, but I'm back. She's taking a nap. She literally is like, I was taking a nap. <laughs> but I mean, I'm in the movie now. It's taking that, but I'm here. I think it would have been better if she was Australian and she was like, I'm on Smoko. So leave me alone. I'm on Smoko. They have a new song about ACDC, and the lyrics are the number, the second greatest band in the world. And halfway through the video, they show a list, and it's number one is them, the chats, ACDC, and then the remotes. <laughs> and the list. <laughs> I I want to question their number two. Akadaka? You don't like Akadaka? Uh, no, I I was born in America. Akadaka? They uh straight up love them in Australia. Yeah, I know. Akadaka? <laughs> they shouldn't, but they do. When you're like one of those like culturally, I don't want to say insignificant, obviously, but culturally small countries, you really latch on to anything that makes it into the wider mainstream. You know, <laughs> like you get the Akadaka. Uh, we talking bare naked yeah. ladies or uh, Canada loves bare naked ladies and um, Hanson, are they Canadian? <laughs> <laughs> they're not Canadian, uh, are they? No, they're know. Americans. Uh, what else has Canada got? Wayne Gretzky, uh, Brian Adams, Brian Adams. Australia's got better shit. <laughs> Kangaroos, Crocodile Hunter, um, Akadaka, <laughs> Nick Cave. Nick Cave's friend who directs movies. I forgot his name. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, Australia's got it all. Canada, you ain't got shit. Mark Myers. In the United States, all we do is we just spread like brain cancer around the world. We're the worst. Of the England's children. 
we're the worst. I think Australia takes number one. I'm going to lobby for New Zealand as number one. For the Kiwis? That's right. Everyone just thinks they're Australian anyways. <laughs> right, exactly, because no one ever hears about them. That's the best kind of child. It's because they're all on Smoko. <laughs> to be seen and not heard. <laughs> on Smoko. Now, they've got, uh, New Zealand's got a lot of FaceTime the last, like, two decades. Yeah, just because of Lord of the Rings. And, like, Fly the Concords and Taika Waititi. And, Again, uh, all because of Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, Burr, Brett, Brit, Brit, he was in Lord of the Rings <laughs> from Fly the Concords. And he's, uh, it wasn't all of New Zealand in Lord of the Rings. I, um, Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi weren't. Mm, I think you need to check your facts. I, I don't need to check them. I don't need to check them myself before I wreck myself. Wreck myself before I wreck myself. <laughs> Reese <clears throat> Darby wasn't in Lord of the Rings, I don't think. Oh, frozen all time. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's not Conair, but she's taking a nap. Uh, the train man, the train boss, he goes, Wow, oh, woman, god damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, just my luck. The only person on the train, and it's a goddamn baby maker. <laughs> fucking woman. Uh, what? Part I hope of, she's not on her period. Uh, who? What part of the screenplay process do you think is responsible for that aspect? Do you think Kira Kurosawa? That's Kurosawa. That yeah. Kurosawa. <laughs> he notoriously hated women. <laughs> uh, Eric Roberts says, uh, I'm just skipping around to a line that I like. I don't remember. It's like when they're going to jump off the train or whatever because they're fucking idiots. <laughs> they have like real Charles Manson vibes where it's like <laughs> they they have a lot of prison wisdom and they can apply it in interesting ways in real life, but then they're like, yeah, let's just jump off a train that's going 80 miles an hour. Uh, how old is snow? <laughs> but, <laughs> Eric Roberts says, I'm with you till the wheels fall off, which is that's a good line. I feel like that's like I've heard that phrase before outside of this movie. Probably in real life, you know. I'm over the wheels flop, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, how many cops are behind us? <laughs> but I'm, uh, you know, listeners. I'm always on the lookout for a ride or die. So uh, you know, date watch, date watch, date watch. It sounds like Pirates of the Caribbean. That's how epic this date watch is. <laughs> date watch, date watch. Big, big, big drums. Date watch. Always looking for the ride or die. Ride or die. With with you till the wheels fall off. You know what it is. Plenty of people before thought they knew what it is, but then they didn't know what it is, and now they're not right or die anymore. I guess not actually, because like I'd probably like there's a lot of situations where I'd like um risk my life to protect my exes, anyways, because that's love. It just keeps going, you know. So maybe they are still right or die. That might just be on me though. They might not feel the same way because I'm a crazy person. Deep. Mm-hmm. Or not. I don't know anymore. It's all a blur. Well, Life is meaningless. And I don't know where we're going anymore. We're just careening through space. And who knows where the fuck we're headed? I don't. So I've, I guess I'm a bit like Army Hammer in that way. You know, we're. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that doesn't sound like Army Hammer at all. I'm pretty sure he's like, I know I'm going uh, to rip your heart out while I'm inside of you and 
do the beats and I'm going to eat it and then I'm going to take your head off and sometimes I'll kiss it, but uh, only because I have a weird control issue. No, he said, uh, I want to fuck your ventricles. Get your ventricles out. Let me fuck them. I want to fill your heart with cum and then pump it out back into you. Back and forth forever into my dick, into your heart, into my dick, back and forth forever. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I'm not eating. <laughs> I am. I mean, um, like heart sautéed and cum. No, 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 no. <laughs> ah, I think I was having pizza tonight. No, you know what I'm having? Fucking nothing. Oh man, pizza. Sounds Water. Good pizza. Maybe a slice good. of bread. I'm gonna go cry myself to sleep. If I ever see Army Army Hammer in the stream, I'm gonna punch him in the face for this. Yeah, right. He's gonna hold you down and be like, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck the bench." One hundred percent. I'm pretty sure I can do up Army Hammer. Yeah, right. He's Lone Ranger. That means nothing to me. <clears throat> I think he's as tall as you. I it means nothing to me. <laughs> well, I just you know, there's not too many actors that are as tall as you. He's one of them. I respect hey, Prince Hensworth uh, and no one else. Want to take a bite of my peach? No, you fucking weirdo. You probably came in it. <laughs> uh, 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 just a little prank. <laughs> so, that's not a prank. She's like funny about it, goddammit. Little uh, army hammer prank. Where's the joke? <laughs> you want some barbecue? Ha <laughs> it's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Call her steak. <clears throat> Man, how f- women put up with the weirdest shit? I don't get it. Mm-mm. Um, well, I mean, um, let's be fair. People put up with the weirdest shit. Yeah, I was just women are uh, into weird shit too. It happens. You just gotta find someone who's into similarly weird shit as you. Know, things. But the thing is, like, clearly, his ex-wife was not into the same weird shit that he was. Well, yeah, because he uh, kept it secret. It was all like in his mind, his fantasies, until it erupted. You know, like um, serial killer. <laughs> Hey, I'm, uh, I'm going to start watching that Richard Ramirez uh, Night Stalker documentary. I'll warn you now, it doesn't have Army Hammer in it. <laughs> you think that, but if you stretch it, he's there. It does have Super Cop Frank Gorilla, Grillo in it, though. The guy that caught the Hillside Stranglers and the Night Stalker. And Kyle McDonald. Not yet. <laughs> they'll never take me alive just like John Voight <laughs> no 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 just you and me ha 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 oh yeah so the first big problem they have is um they're gonna go to the train's oh, going to hour and a half in this thing. you need to speed this shit up let's go the, I gotta the, take a the, piss. the train um is gonna go on a bridge to, too fast and the bridge is too old so they think it's gonna you know explode they do some shit. They pull cables or whatever to slow the train down. The important part, though, is there's a bunch of, like, cops or whatever that are sitting there at the bridge. Obviously, I guess they're to, like, help with cleanup or maybe rescue if it needs to take place. But you know in the back of their minds, they're like, huh, this is going to be fucking awesome. Because, like, the train's going to hit that bridge. The bridge is just going to explode. The train's going to fly everywhere. You know if you were there in the back of your mind, you'd be like, yeah, be like, yeah. I was thinking like, the same thing. I, cop or no cop. If I was that, if, if I was the, uh, the goddamn forest ranger, and they asked me to come in. I'd be like, Oh my God, this is going to be tired. fucking awesome. It's going to be fucking tight. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm usually the most exciting thing I have to see is a forest <laughs> fire. And that's not going to happen until June. 
Usually <laughs> the only good thing I get to see out here in the woods is a deer fucking another deer and then I eat their heart. But now we get to watch <sighs> a train fuck a bridge. I was going to say that, and I think I've said this before, that I feel like I, I could have been a really good forest ranger. And, and <laughs> But uh, you made it weird. Not me. So I'm thanks. afraid of um Bigfoot. No, no, Bigfoot's not gonna climb up the, my 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 tower. Yeah, he is, and guess you what? You close that. He has a trap door. You, you you locked up behind you. You He's read got, the books. You you have a nice time of the night. Bigfoot's got thumbs and super strength. You won't. He, you can't stop him. And you know what Bigfoot loves? I've never seen Bigfoot uh, an angry. I've never heard of a Bigfoot murdering a man. You I mean, Bigfoots are friendly creatures. No, I've seen you, Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, they're a little bit too friendly based on the research I've been doing. Don't don't, don't yeah, turn Bigfoot into a rapist. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot of erotic accounts. Of He's Bigfoot. not a rapo. He's not an Eric Roberts. You, well, generally, it ends up being consensual because of how satisfying it is. But it That's does start off a little rapey. That's you, some army amateur right you, there. You haven't read the accounts I've read, sir. <laughs> About how large his dingus is. <laughs> Why is that satisfying though? I, in my booty hole? It's, I got a lot of problems in my booty hole already. I don't need his, a large dingus up there. You just give a little kiss. <laughs> what? Just give his dingus a little kiss. Just a little kiss. You're <laughs> like, sorry, Bigfoot. Booty hole's off limits. I'll just give a little kiss. <laughs> he's, a, he's a gentle lover. <laughs> Except for when he's not. Differing accounts. I'm, I'm sure it's different Bigfoot to Bigfoot, you know. I, I've read some. You know, uh, focus folk. Bigfoot is Bigfoot. Uh, Bigfoot doesn't appear in this film. Um, they do. Almost to... my surprise. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty upset when Bigfoot wasn't in it. Uh, they survived the bridge, though, because of the, the disconnecting the cables. Um, copper guy shows up, trying to see, he drops cops on the train. <laughs> I like when the guy just fucking goes through the windshield. Like, yeah, that's fucking gonna work. Keep yeah. dropping more cops. Drop more send cops more all cops. the time. That's what Bigfoot says. He's like, send more forest rangers for kisses. Besitos. I'm getting a lot of mixed messages about Bigfoot right now. He's he's a lover. <laughs> We're a fighter. Or a fighting lover. <laughs> John Voight beats the shit out of Eric Roberts. Uh, he's, I'm worse than an animal. I'm human. Ha! <gasps> ah! It turns out it was man. <laughs> yeah. Eric Roberts, um, you, I felt pretty bad for him because it's like, like I said, you can tell he's, um, he's a little Charles Manson-y. In in that that um he doesn't uh, he's not too bright <laughs> you know what I mean he's probably been incarcerated for a long time he doesn't he you know isn't formally educated and you just feel bad for him because he's kind of like a little boy where he's like I thought we were friends I thought we were partners and it's like no this guy's a piece of shit he doesn't care but it turns out um John Voight cares a little bit he sacrifices himself to save the day he mangles his hand he kills the warden. And himself, well, potentially, we don't see him die. He just rides off on top of the train, looking like a badass. After handcuffing the warden to the um, steam if I was John Voight, I'd start dancing on top of the train. I mean, uh, let's uh, twist uh, again. Uh, I like what I did last summer. <laughs> it'd be uh, remember the uh, come on, baby, the music the video, the, Christopher Walken dancing. What was the name of that fucking? 
Oh, uh, Fatboy oh, Slim. The <laughs> weapon of choice, Fatboy Slim. Yeah, that's he'd be dancing like that on there. Christopher Walken and John Voight kind of remind me of each other. That's why I thought of it. <laughs> Who's the crazier of the two is the real question. It might be Christopher Walken since he killed Natalie Wood. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was just present. Might have helped out. <laughs> So uh, John Voight rides off on the train. He's like, nothing matters, Mary, when you're free. Yep, that's his singing voice, all right. Oh, the fields of Athens Rye. That's what he was singing. John Voight's Irish, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Voight's a real Irish name. Voight. Well, it's like a German name for sure, right? Voight. I assume so. Uh, yeah, it's very tight script. It's like one, exactly how a script should be. You know what I mean? This is like, I feel like this screenplay would be one you'd get in a screenwriting class or be like, yeah, this is it. Tight three X structure. This is what it is. Oh, doesn't, by the way, uh, cut the fucking uh, train operators, you dumb sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. The story doesn't add, exactly resonate until like the third act, but um, it's very seemingly by the books, well written sort of thing. Uh, acting's great. Technical Marvel and filmmaking, like I said, filming the trains, all the helicopter shots, all that shit. Fucking amazing. Great spectacle. Uh, third act does most of the work, I think, in taking it beyond spectacle. Uh, second act, pretty boring. And I don't care for the train management shit. Wish it wasn't in it. I think the first act's pretty good, pretty interesting. But mostly it's the third act. I think I could rewrite this film better. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure someone has it at this point. Snowpiercer, Bong Joon-ho. Wait, that's a novel, wasn't it? <laughs> Snowpiercer's a movie. <laughs> oh, wait, what am I fucking thinking of? You're thinking of Clit Piercer. <laughs> the novel about um, sexual awakening and Bigfoot. <laughs> That I that I am planning on writing. Forthcoming novel, forthcoming clip piercer, a bigfoot tale, bigfoot tale. We would call it a bigfoot romance. Um, I bigfoot. It'd be uh, that actually. Like that's a um surprise twist that bigfoot's in it. So I want to mention that it's uh, just a. Uh, a, a memoir of sexual awakening <laughs> the uh, sigils and stuff it's basically uh i'm releasing it specifically as a magical um ritual for myself people think oh cool book with sigils in it but really it's me um making hose shake vhs called make hose shake <laughs> <laughs> but only if you're 28 or above Please. Yes. <laughs> There's a warning on the Age book. Verification. <laughs> yeah, the book's only 28 or older. Like, oh, that's a weird specification, but I can't wait till I'm 28 and I can read this Bigfoot sex book. <laughs> gives you, it gives you something to look forward to after 25, right? Because 25 is, that's it. Oh, I can rent Our a car now. And then. <laughs> but then now, 28, I can read the Bigfoot sex book. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate one away train? Um, seven, mostly because of the third act, which is crazy because most of the movies we watch, the third act third is, act is all, the worst part. Yeah, all no, no, falls no, apart. Far, this third act is the best part of this movie. <laughs> yeah, it fucking brings it together. Otherwise, it would just be like a dumb like train movie. You know what I mean? It's like, like first well, act, train. pretty okay. Second act, what are you doing? Third mm. act, good. Yeah, third act. Oh, wait a minute. There's actually themes in this movie. 
It's about this dump rod here on the train. Watch <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, the third act completely um, saves the movie. So I'll give it a seven based mostly on the third act. If the third act had just been kind of a continuation of the second act and it turned out to be more like a Con Air type situation, I mean, like f- four. <laughs> do we uh, do we have any reviews from Leonard Malton or uh, Siskel and Ebert or anything? We can take a look. <clears throat> Ebert, the Runaway Train. has to say. I'm looking at Leonard Malton. Runaway Train is a reminder that great adventures are great because they happen to people we care about. That's what Ebert says. He gave it four stars. The movie stars John Voight and Eric Roberts, two actors with dramatically different styles. Voight is always internalized and moody, while Roberts has a collection of verbal and physical tics that are usually irritating and are sometimes meant to be. I don't think Voight seems very internalized in this movie, do you? No, he's very extroverted. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, my emotions, I'm yelling at you. Oh, me and him and them and me and I'm freedom in a place where you want to be. <laughs> I was hoping you'd have a pretty good John Voight, or at least from this movie, where, yeah, he's just kind of like, <laughs> Runaway Train is based on an original screenplay by the Japanese master Akira Kurosawa, whose best movies use action as a means of studying character. I don't know if I agree with that. Maybe in some of the samurai movies. Hmm, it seems like a stretch. Like, you're trying to give Kurosawa too much credit, more than even he really wants to take. No, I think it, he's underselling Kurosawa. No, I, I just mean, like, the action point, specifically. I feel like in Kurosawa movies, it's there because, like, samurais use swords, you know? So has to be <laughs> That's swords. what happens. Yeah, but most of his, I feel like most of his movies are very much just about studying character first. You're wrong, Ebert. And you gave it four stars. This is a three and a half star, three star movie. I like I said, I'd only ever seen the last fifty minutes. So based on that, I thought it was gonna be. I thought this was gonna be like one of those movies where I watch and I'm like, holy shit, this is one of my favorite movies I never even knew about. Like when we watched The Killer again with Chow Yun Fat, mm-hmm. um, the John Woo movie, where I was like, holy shit, fucking yes, this rules. I had, I thought maybe that would happen with Runaway Train because I the last part of the movie is really good, but watching it all, no, I'm not quite. It's mostly just the last part of the movie. Really <laughs> you showed you. Yep. <clears throat> oh well, I, it was still an entertaining watch. It's always nice to just know that at least like once or twice a week I have like some weird '80s shit I get to watch. You know. So it ain't too bad. Uh, next week, we'll do No Holds Barred with Hulk Hogan. Brother. The Hulkster. The height of his power in 1989. Uh, that will uh, be next week. Not next week. Next episode. A couple weeks from now. No Holds Barred. Go to VHSCult.com. KVLT. VHSKVLT.com. Because we have two podcasts. This one, and then another one that's more generally about current events, sort of. It's kind of just about whatever we feel like talking about. It's a little, you know, a little, uh, a little little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's Uh a little irreverent, you know, a little off kilter, you know, a little, uh, little spicy takes from, uh, interesting fellas. (laughs) (laughs) But you should listen to us talk about shit and maybe pay us to do it. That's the thing. Hey, most, man. Oh, most people, man. most people really love listening to other people talk about shit. Like podcasts, you know, popping off in general and stuff. So, 
That's that's for other people's shit though. It's on me. I'll own it. I don't like listening to other people talk apparently because I don't know. That's me. But if you guys are into it, listen to us talk on VHS Cult and more news from nowhere. The other podcast, VHSKVLT.com. Give us five stars, ten stars, all the stars, Super Mario stars, Super Mario All Stars, Sonic All Stars three. You know what it is. Uh, rate and review too. Send us emails. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. Um, yeah, the Twitch we're sure so active on. I'm gonna be a VTuber. I'm gonna VTuber. have an anime avatar, and I'm gonna um, cook. Uh, I'm gonna do a cooking show. I'm gonna be a VTuber. You know what my um, avatar rig's gonna be? Uh, no. It's gonna be the clip piercer, Bigfoot with a big dick. Clip piercer. Good luck on uh, on Twitch. I don't think they allow big dicks. I'm streaming on OnlyFans. Can you, you can stream on OnlyFans. <laughs> Check me out on OnlyFans. Clip <laughs> piercer. VHS Cold.